everybody. I am Jay Hazelup, lead pastor of the Sanctuary Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope you're inspired, encouraged, and motivated to draw closer to God by today's message. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media at My Sanctuary Church. Enjoy the message. Let's keep Jesus in the Bible. Let's, let's keep Jesus as a little plastic Jesus so we can stick him on our dash and he give us traveling mercies and get us through the day and get us back home and give us some good paychecks and give me a lot of peace and make my kids smart, all that kind of stuff. Make my life easy. A little plastic Jesus we can control. Let's talk about God the Father. He's a good God. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father above. I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out. Let's don't talk about the Holy Spirit. We talk about the Holy Spirit because we can't control the Holy Spirit. We can control Jesus. We can stamp him. We can put him on the dash of a car. You be right there. Stay right there, Jesus. You stay right up there, God. I remember people like, that's strange. I'm like, are you reading the same Bible I read? Because when I read in there, it's almost like that's normal. What you call strange, I think God calls normal. And really, I think so many of us have have gotten into a place, maybe not us, but a lot of us, uh, a lot of the Christian world, we've got so used to having church without God, without the move of the Holy Spirit, that, that when we hear about the Holy Spirit moving, we're like, that's strange. I want to empower you. How many, how many of you would love to be able to pray for somebody and God actually do a miracle? I want to empower you. I want to help you get to that place. But you have to understand, at the same time, we got a lot of people in, in the Christian world. They're like, I want power. I want authority. But they don't want to be a disciple. I found out why he didn't tell me to start reading in the book of Acts. I know now why he said you start reading in John when you read John. Go to Matthew when you read Matthew. Read Mark when you read Mark. Read Luke when you read Luke. Go read John again and read after you read John, then read Acts. Because the the uh, the uh, the disciples Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are people that are learning to walk with Jesus. So you have to learn to walk with Him so you can be empowered by Him. Because if you don't learn to walk with him, he doesn't know that he can trust you to be empowered by him. <laughs> so as I began to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I, I mean, I learned certain things. There were challenging things. I watched what Jesus did, but also I watched how Jesus taught the disciples. He even rebuked them sometimes. Some of y'all are too sensitive. Like the preacher looked at me while I was preaching. <laughs> Nobody said hi to me. Somebody asked me, scoot over. Like, can you imagine somebody ends up in hell? Like, how'd you get in hell? They asked me, scoot over in church. <laughs> I just forgot that stuff, honey. <laughs> Why are some people so sensitive? 
I don't know where y'all came from, but I remember where I came from. I just told you the kind of friends I knew. You know, I knew like collectors from that rode in bike gangs. I, you know, growing up in the punk rock world, just because somebody wanted to fight you, y'all, I'm never going back there again. I'm like, where did some people like, why are you so sensitive? So you got to learn to be a disciple because I started reading certain things where Jesus would rebuke his disciples. He's like, dude, how long am I going to have to put up with you being like this? Could you imagine if you came to church and your pastor looked at you, how long am I going to have to put up with you, oh, you little faith? I mean, could you imagine John the Baptist being your pastor? Some of y'all would go, y'all be all over Instagram. Do not go. Y'all would all be, y'all be in Yelp and Google Review. Don't go to that church, one star. I'd get it in the negative, but it won't let me do that. Because I, I went out to listen to John the Baptist preach because I heard about the revival. When I got out there, he looked at me and told me to repent and bear fruit worthy of repentance because if I didn't do it, the axe is going to be laid at the root right now. I, he hurt my feelings. I'm never going back to John the Baptist. I'm going to go find somebody who will tell my itching ears what I want to hear. Discipleship. Because, you know, we say, I want to be a disciple. But do you realize the root word for disciple is discipline? That's what Jesus was trying to teach Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and everybody else that was in those stories was, I'm going to teach you how to live a disciplined life. Anybody that's achieved significance, an athlete, the business world, in their home, in church, it's discipline. It's one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. You know why God gives you the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Because that deals with your character. A lot of people don't want fruit, they want power. Let me prophesy, let me speak in tongues, let me work miracles, let me do signs and wonders, let me do that stuff. But God said you gotta get some fruit before you get some power. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it's Jesus saying, boys, to follow me, it's time to take up your cross. It's as far as you're gonna go until you take up that cross. What does that mean to take up your cross? Take up the cross means I'm actually going to have to crucify. means I'm going to have to get uncomfortable. Come on, let's keep it real. You know we like to sin. I like to sin. Do you like to sin? Some of you no. I know you do. You're just thinking about the sin you don't like to sin. You're not talking about the sin you like to sin because some of you love to gossip. The preacher just went there. Oh my gosh. Some of y'all love to tear people down. Y'all love to spread lies. Y'all tell gossip like it's truth, like you were right there saying, oh, you got to just, I'm telling you, I just know it's, I know it's, how do you know? Because then we dig down deep. You know because somebody else told you and somebody told them, somebody told them, and now it's completely different. And you run around like you acted like you were an eyewitness to the thing. No, it's true. So there are those things, and but then there's other stuff, you know, that we all have some type of proclivity to some type of sin. 
We can all be tempted with something. So Jesus is saying, look, follow me. You're going to have to crucify your flesh. You know that, that stuff that your flesh loves. So you don't have to crucify what doesn't live in you. It's that sin that you just said, no, that doesn't tempt me. That, you don't have to crucify that because it don't tempt you. You've got to crucify that part of you that is tempted. It's called putting off the old man. Putting on the new man that you are in Christ. It's where you begin to walk with him. So Jesus said, hey, if you're gonna follow me, you gotta take up your cross to be able to do that. So when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it's all about discipleship. He's teaching them to learn how to live disciplined lives because on the other end of discipline is success. Everybody says, I want to be successful. I want to live this life. I want to be used by God. I want to do this. I'd like to have this. I want things to be this way. I want to, they, they, you know, they just come up with all kinds of stuff, but they just live scattered lives or they're going nowhere doing nothing, just wanting for something to happen. You actually have to be disciplined. I'm going to actually constrain myself. I'm going to crucify my flesh. Because if I give into that, if I do this, if I do that, if I run all around, if I'm just scattered everywhere, I'm going to get nowhere. Some people are wondering why they're stuck. Because they're scattered everywhere and focused nowhere as it relates to what God wants. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, if you want to have my power, walk with me. So in the Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it is Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit, showing them what life could become like. But in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost, something changed. It goes from those who have been disciplined to saying, now boys, here's what I want you to do. I'm about to go away, but where I'm going, you can't go, but it's very important because I know y'all like me being around you. I know you like being able to talk to me. You like being able to ask me questions and I'm teaching you. But I'm actually going to go away because my goal isn't to just be with you. My goal is to be in you. It's to be in you and 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 you. I want to be in you by the power of the, I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm coming. I'm going to put power in you. So the book of Acts, Acts chapter two starts out with actually being empowered. So in the Gospels, it was the works of Jesus. But in the book of Acts, it becomes the work of God and the disciples. Have you ever noticed that all 66 books of the Bible, every single book in the Bible has a salutation? That means it's a closing statement. There's this final statement that closes the letter. All 66 books of the Bible, except the book of Acts. There's no closing statement. The reason there's no closing statement is because it's supposed to still continue to be happening. We're in a dispensation that hasn't stopped since the day of Pentecost. But unfortunately, many people have removed the experience and we've created a plastic Jesus that we can control rather than, rather than surrendering our lives to Jesus and allowing him to fill us with the Holy Spirit to 
Operate in power. So let me see. I told you, Matthew chapter 28. We better read some Bible. Are you ready? Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20 says this. It said, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples. Make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Somebody shout amen. Amen. He said, I am with you in the context that you do these things. If you don't do these things, you're all on your own. I'm not leaving you, but you've left me. If you're going to walk with me, do these things, and I'm with you. So he said, make disciples. You know what most of the church thinks that means? We think that means go get people saved. That's just the first step in making a disciple. I make you disciples. I got people to pray and ask Jesus coming into their life. That is a step in the process of discipleship. That is not discipleship. So the Bible says, he who wins souls is wise. Winning a soul implies discipleship. You can be saved and have a soul that still needs to be changed. It takes discipleship to change the way somebody thinks. It takes discipleship to get somebody's soul transformed and filled with the power of God. What Jesus is actually saying is teach people how to live a disciplined life. Teach people how to walk with me and feel. Teach people how to walk with me. It'll position them to be filled with power. I know now why that man said read, read the book of John, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John because actually they were instructing me and teaching me how to begin to live a disciplined life so that I could be filled with power. So I'm talking about real power, power to accomplish something, power to do something, power to go somewhere, be used by God. So Jesus said, when I go to heaven, I'm not gonna leave you orphan. orphans. I'm not gonna leave you by yourself. I'm coming back, but I'm gonna come back in the form of the Holy Spirit, but I'm gonna be seated at the right hand of the Father and I'm gonna be making intercession for you. Amen. Did you know that? Did you know Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father praying, making intercession? Yeah. What do you think he's praying about? I mean, when it comes to you, what do you think he's praying about? You think he's praying, Lord, give them peace, give them joy, make their life easy, remove the obstacles, remove the barriers, remove the hard things, make life cushy and easy. What do you think he's praying? I think Jesus is up there praying that the same way I taught the disciples to live a disciplined life, to be used by you, to be anointed by you, to live out their divine assignment. Lord, I'm praying that they'll get it. I'm praying that they'll embrace it. I'm praying that they'll walk with you. I'm praying that they'll not faint. I'm praying that their faith won't fail them. When the enemy comes against them, they won't be easily offended. They won't be taken out, but they'll be planted in the house of God. They will bear forth fruit. They'll last and remain when the winds come, When the waves come, when the storms come, they will outlast the storms. They will make it. Their house isn't going to fall. I think Jesus is up there praying just like that. He's praying for us. He's making intercession. You know one of the things that Jesus told the disciples? He said, look, guys, you got to understand this. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he's going to do it for you. See, somebody that really doesn't walk with Jesus, they ask the Father crazy stuff. Lord, I want a Lamborghini. And can you put a girl in a bikini in my Lamborghini? Pray for stupid stuff. 
Y'all know some people pray for stupid stuff. Some people pray into the universe. Oh, universe, universe. Are you kidding me? You better quit praying to all that other weird stuff and you better focus in on Jesus. You're liable to open up yourself for demonic possession, end up in a curse, end up wondering why your life is falling apart because you pray into the universe. Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in the name of the universe. Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name. Some of y'all need to get this thing settled once and for all. Y'all still too wishy-washy about, well, Jesus is awesome. He is my Savior. But all these other things are cool too. No, it's not. It isn't cool. And it isn't good. And it's not going to lead to somewhere good. But they're so sweet and so loving. Some of the nicest people are going to end up in hell. Not because they're nice people. They're going to end up in hell because they're like, why do I need Jesus? I'm a nice person. So Jesus said, would he ever ask the Father in my name? You know the reason so many people having a hard time with with, uh, getting answers? They don't know the one in whose name they are using. It's like, I don't really know him, but in the name of Jesus, can you do this? There's power in his name. I've seen curses broken in his name. I've cast out devils in his name. I've laid hands on the sick and prayed for people and they got healed in his name. I've seen my kids' lives changed in his name. I've seen seen my family turned around in his name. I've gotten breakthroughs in his name. I've overcome barriers in his name. Every mountain that stood before me, I've watched it be removed in his name. I'm talking about there's power in his name. His name is above every name. And in his name, every knee will bow and every tongue confess. He's Lord. He's Lord. He's Lord. He's Lord. His name, his name is bigger than an elephant. His name is bigger than a donkey. His name is bigger than our church name. His name is bigger than our family name. His name is bigger than our nation's nation's name. His name is a name that is above every name. So, when I was a little kid, I lived Northeast Alabama as part of my life with my grandparents. There was a little convenience store in our neighborhood. And there were times that my grandparents, my grandmother would say, go over there to the store and get me some bread and tell them I sent you. I didn't have any money. I'd go over there and say, hey, my grandmother sent me over here, told me to get some bread, and they'd, they'd write it down. And the reason I could get it was because I went in their name. Their name got me access to it. I'd walk out of that store with some bread and go back, take it back to my grandmother. The reason I got it is because I knew the person whose name I was using. 
I was connected. I was in relationship. Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name. See, there's these dudes named, they were called the seven sons of Sceva. This man named Sceva had seven, seven kids. And they heard about the power in his name. Like devils are being cast out in his name. Paul's doing miracles in his name. So they're like, they came across a demon-possessed person. They're like, whoop, we're going to try this out. So they got this demon-possessed dude. And they start saying, in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches, because we don't know him, Paul preached him, command these devils to come out. One dude, one dude, because you think, you think like seven dudes, they could, they could sit on one person. This dude was so demonically possessed that he actually beat all seven of them up, stripped their clothes off of them. Every one of them were naked. They go running out of the house and running down the street because that that demon-possessed person said, Paul we know, Jesus we know, but who are you? Because you don't have power. You're not a disciple. You don't walk with him. You don't know him. So you don't have the authority that comes from him. Who are you? Who are you to tell me to get out of the way? Discipleship comes before empowerment. If you're not willing to be a disciple, he's not willing to empower. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. There are people in this room you've never given your life to Jesus. You need to do that today. There are people in this room you've drifted away from God. You need to come back to Him. He is not mad at you. He loves you. He has an incredible plan for you. When you begin to walk with Him, His plan, it's activated. It starts coming alive in you. When I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. You're not saved. You're not where you need to be. If you were to die today, God forbid, and were to stand before him, do you have absolute confidence that he would say, enter in to spend eternity with me? If you don't know 100% confidently that that's what would happen, when I count to three, you need to raise your hand. We're going to pray together. On the count of three, one, two, three. Raise it up. Raise it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. Hands are going up. Thank you. Hands are going up. I want to ask everybody to stand. We're going to stand together. I want us to bow our head and close our eyes. I want everybody to pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I repent of all my sins. I believe you died for me and God has raised you from the dead. I want you to come into my heart. I want to know you. I want to walk with you. I give you everything. Today I'm saved. Today I'm forgiven. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. Give God some praise.